Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the podcast Three Sides with me, Aaron McLeod, where we will talk about all things that fall under the umbrellas of high performance, passion, and equality. Hi, welcome back. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the NWSL, the Canadian Women's National Soccer Team, and one of my absolute heroes, Terry Fox. But before we get started today, a word from our sponsor. We're back and we are better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. If you are looking to bet online, this is your spot. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Anything you want, basically. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Check it out now. So I have to give you a heads up on this episode. I am currently staying at a hotel right by an airport. So occasionally you may hear a plane go off uh, once in a while. Just let it happen. So thanks again for joining me today. Uh, this has been a really interesting ride the last couple months, not going to lie. A lot of things happening in the NWSL, also with the Canadian National Women's Soccer Team, that I'm also really, really proud of. And as some of you may remember, a few weeks ago we did an episode about the NWSL and everything kind of that's happening, the Me Too movement, and how all those things are kind of related. I was extremely proud, of course, of all the players uniting together, standing for a minute of silence at the six-minute mark initially to acknowledge the six years of silence, the culture of silence, where Paul Riley shifted from teams to teams. And um, basically the players standing together and showing a united front, saying that we wouldn't tolerate that type of behavior or that type of culture anymore. From that, we put online eight asks that we expect from the NWSL. And finally, we've reached a conclusion. They've agreed to everything, hoping to obviously create a safe environment and safe sport for all people involved. From this, we went into the Canadian National Women's Soccer Team, went into our victory tour. We also stood for the minute of silence as a Canadian national women's soccer team. And I also was really proud to stand arm in arm with my good friend, Allie Riley from the Orlando Pride, also the captain of the New Zealand national team. And we stood together in the circle with the referees, with all the players, all the subs, because again, we want to make sure that we make as much of a difference as we can now that we've won a gold medal. And I've been really proud of the team for that, wanting to do really powerful things with um, such a huge accomplishment. And our ask to the Canadian Soccer Association were basically an apology and an acknowledgement for any hurt and pain in the past of victims of abuse in our sport. And there has been a history of that. And there's been a number of allegations 
uh, when it comes to a couple coaches and another one of our asks was to look into these allegations, have a third party independent investigation done. Um, And the last one, of course, because we are one of the higher profile teams across the country, we're not naive to the fact that abuse in sport is happening in many sports across the country. So we, you know, kind of asked Canada soccer, but ourselves also to put a little bit of pressure on the Canadian government to make safe sport mandatory for all NSOs, which are national sport organizations across the country. Now, I recognize that this is the beginning, especially now. There's more work that I'm doing on this than I ever kind of (laughs) thought possible. A lot of connections to be made, and of course, sport wouldn't be sport without politics. So there's a lot of stuff in the background, and I'm getting quite an education on how things are truly run. But I'm learning more and more that the players can help other athletes increase awareness, but also education. I'm getting an education on safe sport and safe sport policies and and abuse policies and work safe policy, all these things that I had no idea about before. And since our public stance before both of our victory tour games, there's been more stories and articles come out. And of course, I still have an interview that I'd like to share at some point with Jenna Hellstrom, but her experience in the NWSL, but there are a lot of open cases and investigations happening throughout the NWSL right now. So I'm going to wait to make sure uh, it's appropriate and uh, obviously that I don't get sued for all the information in that interview. But What all of this has really brought to my attention is the commitment by athletes to make change and the level of commitment that is required to continue working on that change. I remember when I was at the Washington Spirit, so this is a really long time ago, and it was actually at that point called the Washington Freedom as it was in the WPS, which has now since folded. And when I was on that team, there was incredible players on there, like Sawa from Japan, Abby Wambach, which we all know, Sonia Bombastor, who is now coaching, I believe, the uh, women at Lyon, Ali Krieger, Becky Sauerbrunn, to name a few. We had an incredible roster. And this organization came in and asked the question, is being a role model a choice? Similarly, is giving back... To the community, a choice versus an obligation, or is it a responsibility? It was an interesting debate that never really came to a conclusion, to be honest. But what is true of most pro athletes, especially with the growing popularity of social media, is we have these platforms, and it's up to us what we do with it. I haven't always been proud of everything that I've done. I've always wanted to be a good person, but sometimes my motivation to be great was guilt or regret, and now I want to be a good person for the sake of being good. It's an important difference, and a liberating one. I believe it is our humanity that makes us inspiring, and that's really the reason behind this whole episode. When I talk about growing up and athletes that inspired me, I always mention Elizabeth Manley. As she was the first Canadian female I saw compete on TV in the 1988 Calgary Olympics, she was a figure skater. And I always, without a doubt, mention the great one, AKA Wayne Gretzky. 
because I was born just outside Edmonton, and he started to really come into his own when he was playing for the Edmonton Oilers, winning the Stanley Cup like five years in a row, starting with my birth year, 1983. But one athlete that still inspires me today, even years after he's gone, because of his total commitment to a cause bigger than himself. Now, I have to mention that growing up in Canada, I learned the white European settlers history, which is completely one-sided and also inaccurate. However, when it comes to Terry Fox in the country that is now referred to as Canada, he is definitely someone I believe should always be in the history books. Terry Fox, born Terence Stanley Fox, July 28, 1958. Terry was a pretty incredible athlete. He was a runner, loved basketball, and in 1977, he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. Osteosarcoma is a common type of cancer that starts in your bones. And as a result of this, his right leg was amputated. Now, he continued running with an artificial leg and competed in wheelchair basketball, winning three national championships. So not a horrible athlete, obviously. But this is a part of his story that gets me every single time. The evening before his surgery, he read about the first amputee to complete the New York City Marathon. His name was Dick Traum. His own experience with cancer was frustrating, and he was quite frankly disgusted by the shortage of funds and attention being put into cancer research. So he devised a plan, a 14-month training program to prepare him for a run across Canada to help raise money and awareness for cancer research. He initially started in a 27-kilometer road race, 27 kilometers being about 17 miles in Prince George on September 2nd, 1979, and he finished last. However, he proved to himself that he could finish the race, and at the finish line, he was getting applause and cheering, obviously realizing how difficult and challenging a marathon is. Once he had proven to himself, he decided to share his plans about running across the country, raising funds to the rest of his family. His first step was to write a letter to the Canadian Cancer Society explaining his plans. His hope was to get $1 from every Canadian at the time, which would raise about $24 million for cancer research. On October 15, 1979, the Canadian Cancer Society agreed and agreed to supporting him on his mission. Fox saying that when surviving his cancer treatment, I remember promising myself that should I live. I would rise up to meet this new challenge of fundraising for cancer research face-to-face and prove myself worthy of life. Something too many people take for granted. He then went on to rally sponsors who only wanted to support his mission and expected nothing in return. He asked his friend, Douglas Allward, to join him. Douglas drove the camper van donated by Ford during the journey, and Imperial Oil donated fuel, and Adidas, Terry Fox's running shoes. Fox started the marathon on April 12, 1980, in St. John's, Newfoundland, in Labrador. He started by dipping his legs in the Atlantic Ocean. He filled two water bottles of ocean water, one for himself to keep, and the other to pour into the Pacific Ocean once he made it to the other side of the country. 
I think it's fair to say that it was a bit of a rocky start. The east coast of Canada can be somewhat unforgiving. The wind, the rain, the storms. Not to mention many drivers almost driving him right off the road. He ran the equivalent of a marathon a day. Yes, you heard that right. A day. At first, nobody knew what he was doing, hence him being driven off the road. But his popularity started to grow slowly. The Canadian Cancer Society started setting up speeches for him to do along the way. He started meeting certain celebrities like Bobby Orr, obviously a legendary hockey player in our country, which he describes as actually being one of the most significant things of his entire life. He met the prime minister. He started, you know, making special appearances like throwing the first toss at a Blue Jays game and getting a standing ovation as he did this ceremonial kickoff at a CFL game. Mentally, he proved day in and day out his dedication and determination to the cause. I mean, this was almost 40 years ago. And I think it's fair to say that prosthetics now are way different than they were then. He had significant bone bruising, blisters. He was getting a lot of swelling and his ankle at one point had to stop because he had tendonitis so badly, shin splints, you name it. But he kind of claimed that he got to this 20 minutes, this pain threshold, that once he got through that, he would be fine and would continue completing the marathon for the day. Because of all these medical setbacks that he just continually pushed through, he actually started missing a lot of his medical regular checkups. But one day, September 1st, 1980, he had a coughing spell so bad that he actually had to stop. He was rushed to hospital, and the next day, Terry Fox held a press conference. He was in tears as the cancer had returned and spread to his lungs. He ran for 143 days straight, covering 5,373 kilometers, which is 3,339 miles. He raised $1.7 million, which today is roughly the equivalent of about $5 million. About a week after all of this happened, CTV held a nationwide telethon in support of Terry Fox and the Canadian Cancer Society. Celebrities from all over the world took part of this five-hour telethon. They raised $10.5 million, which today works out to be about $33 million. By the following April, a year after Terry Fox started his journey, 23 million, which is 64 million today dollars, were raised. Fox went on to win and receive basically every award and honor you can as a Canadian. But his cancer treatments were unsuccessful, and he passed away in the middle of the night in the Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster on June 28, 1981. Every year, on the second Sunday after Labor Day, so mid-September-ish, there are Terry Fox races across the country. There's no entry fee. It is more about participating and continuing on with the awareness and, of course, his legend. To date, the Terry Fox Foundation has raised over $750 million. But what strikes me most about Terry Fox is in all his interviews, he just seemed like a really normal and nice guy. Maybe that's what made him somewhat relatable. He said his inspiration was 
to change the culture around cancer and cancer research, and he literally gave his life to it. As an athlete, his sheer will and determination is, is truly hard to grasp. A marathon a day, 5,373 kilometers. He was literally willing to do anything it took to make a difference. To me, Terry is godlike. What I am learning is that when you stand for something bigger than yourself, there is a tremendous amount of power in that. Terry did something remarkable because to him, it was the right thing to do. And to me, it doesn't get more inspiring than that. Fast forward decades later, there was a Hall of Fame event in Canada for Christine Sinclair, which I had the honor of attending along with a few of our teammates. And there was this kind of uh, meet and greet part of the presentation where there was like snacks and you got to meet all these basically celebrities that are being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And there was this older couple that was kind of circulating the room. And it was interesting because I'm, I'm watching athletes in the presence of these two people. And every single group of people that went up to them started crying almost immediately. And I, of course, was desperate to know who it was. So eventually they made their rounds and they came to a number of us. And they put out their hands and um, they introduced themselves and they said, we're, we're Terry Fox's parents. And immediately, and I'm going to cry now, the five of us standing there were in tears. It was one of the greatest honors of my life that I always carry in my heart. And I just feel so blessed to be inspired by someone who truly believed in making a difference. Because I think at the end of the day, that's really all all of us want, is to make some sort of significant change for the betterment of everyone. Thanks again for joining me today. And thanks again to Bet Online for helping to sponsor the episode. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Three Sides with Aaron McLeod. If you are interested in hearing about a certain topic, let me know. You can email me directly at themotivenation1 at gmail.com or my Mindful Project email, aaron at themindfulproject.us. Thank you for your presence and for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.